0: Now, if you've got Bibles with you, are ready? Are you ready for God's Holy Word right now? Beautiful. Um, I tell you what I'm going to do. Uh, here's, here's 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 everything I'm going to do right here tonight in the yellow. I don't even have notes with me tonight. Uh, I'm going to take you to a passage of Scripture and I want to walk you through it. And, and let me explain what I'm doing. Um, my son-in-law, who is now uh, in in the ministry and somewhat does some preaching and Basically, music. Uh, but he asked me a question. He said, uh, "He said, Dad, how long does it take you to prepare a message?" You know, he's listened to all the teachers that talk about, it and it's met some of our, some of our more renowned speakers in this nation that'll that'll tell you that. For a lot of them, will say that for every minute they speak, they spend an hour in study, and uh, so that's that's just amazing. Uh, he said, "How long does it take you?" I said, "Well, that's changed over the years. When I was a younger minister." and I'm not as old as dirt now, so don't look at me like that. But when I was a younger minister, uh, and the pastor will understand what I'm about to say now, once I had already discovered what I was going to preach on, which God knows that could take five days, but once I knew what I was preaching on and what the text would be, and once I'd pulled the helping materials for it, maybe a concordance, maybe a book, some books, or whatever once I got that done, For me then, it would be anywhere between an hour and a half to three hours. It'd take me to lay that out in a way that was understandable to people. Today, the messages that I preach have taken about 40 years. Because I don't preach so much out of my study, although I do study. I preach more out of my journey. You understand what I'm saying yeah. and so when the Holy Spirit deals with me about speaking on a su- subject I don't just start reading about it I start thinking about how is it that you brought me to a place that that worked in my life what was it I learned out of the journey of this thing and in fact anytime I now desire something of the Lord whether it's a need in my life or just to go to another level in him it's irrelevant what it is whether it's a, an issue of pain or hurt or need whether it's just a growth here's what I've learned to do. Go to the Word where he's doing it and watch him. Sit there and soak in it. Meditate in it. Chew on it. Listen to what he said. Listen, look at how he behaved. Watch the responses of the people around him that they came about to that miracle. Just sit there and watch that thing take place. I don't, so I don't. when I have a need in my life or even a desire, I don't start by going to God and begging him to do it or, t- or telling him how much I need it or how if he doesn't do it, what a troublesome life we're going to have. I don't, I don't go that route. I go to the Word first and see what he says about it. And then I looked where he's actually doing it. And then when I talked to him, I talked to him from that vantage point rather than my ideas. Does that make sense to you? So that's what I'm going to do tonight, because tonight is a strong night for healing. I know the direction of the Spirit tonight, and I want to walk you through a passage that you've heard, read many, many times, I'm sure. It's, it's the case of a lady that had the hemorrhage for almost 12 years, and how that she got a great miracle of God, and I want you to notice what took place in her. Now, I'm going to beg you to do something as I read the text. I'm going to ask you to actually picture what's going on there, because, this, because we as human beings think not in language, but we think in graphics. Do you understand that? We, we are a picture-oriented creature. That's what we are. So if I say dog, you don't think D-O-G. That's not how your head thinks. When I said dog, you automatically saw an animal. All right? If I, if I have a particular kind of... Uh, animal in my mind I will use more words to convey the picture because I got a picture in me I want to put in you and if I want to get that picture out of me and put it in you I can't go mmm and you go oh yeah dog man got that one it doesn't work that way I know all the Trekkies are upset but it doesn't really work that way you got to somehow get it across and you could do it through drawings or ways but verbiage is the way we do it and words create pictures are you getting this all right so if I say big dog that just eliminated all the small ones and when I said big dog you didn't think B-I-G-D-O-G because that's not the way your brain operates you don't operate in language you operate in pictures are you still with me so far yeah. so if I say the big black dog with the pearly white teeth around your leg you really get the picture, don't you? We think graphically, all right? And that's why uh, one, uh, one Chinese uh, philosopher made a statement that I've said all over the world and never had, never had to finish the sentence, not when I have been in Mexico, not when I've been in Canada, not when I've been in any of the African countries. I have never been anywhere in the world where people couldn't finish the statement of this philosopher. And he said this, that a picture is worth... Yeah, we all know it. We all know what Confucius said because it's true-true. We think in pictures, not in verbiage. When you read the scripture, you must allow him to open the picture to you. Are you hearing me? God designed you to think this way. If all you do is read words and read the text, you won't know what was said. You won't catch it at all. The Holy Spirit, may I use your Bible for a minute? Holy Spirit takes the paintbrush of the Word of God and he paints on the canvas of our heart the image of this Almighty Christ. That's what he does. When we read Scripture, let him open that up to you. This book is different than novels, it's different than a newspaper. You understand it's different than a stock report. This book is alive. It'll open you to the reality of who he is, and it will paint the picture of that upon your heart. In other words, I'll put it more in biblical language because you'll like it better that way. He will stamp his image on you. That's how it happens. And whatever you see, I told you this morning, you can enter into. What you hear, you'll become. So listen to the word. Let it form the picture within you. See it walk through the setting. (laughs) Smell the air as you go into it, feel the dust in your face. Look at these things, watch what's going on, you'll miss too much, and the more you see, the more you enter. So take this passage with me. It's found in the Gospel of Mark. It's found in the fifth chapter. I'm gonna begin to read it, verse 25. And maybe you'd enjoy standing with me as we read the word of the Lord together. An expression of honor. Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter five, verse 25. The writer says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Do you see what's going on? Now wait, I, I, we, 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 we probably should have read verses above it. I, I'll just tell you where we're at. Jesus is on route to a man's home because his daughter is about to die. He's a very prominent man in the city. Everybody knows him. And as Jesus is going to, to touch this daughter and heal her, and when I say she's about to die, I don't mean she's going to die tonight or tonight this week. She's going to die in minutes. You've got to get there now. If you delay, she'll be dead. And he is going to delay because of this lady, and the girl will die. People will actually come and say, don't bother. Forget it. The girl's dead. See, because they understood he was a healer. They didn't know he was also the resurrection and the life. And there's nothing impossible with him. There's power here right now. Do you know it? There is power here right now. I just sensed it. So here's where she's at. So now, in the midst, in, the, in, the, in route of her going there, we jump into this moment that, we, that this woman appears. Flow of blood for 12 years, uncontrollable hemorrhage. Suffered many things, many physicians. She spent all she had. She's no better. She's grown worse. She hears about Jesus. Thank God someone was talking about Jesus. Boy, that was an amen spot right there. You you missed that one as bad as you did this morning. If you allow me to come back, we'll do a Saturday night service, training on when to say amen. We'll have the amen 101 class so we all know where to go. All right, come on. Did you heard about Jesus and came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment? For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, someone shout immediately. immediately. The fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, are you watching this? And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? All right. Now watch this. Are you still looking at him? Look at the disciples. The disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? You understand they were irritated? You catch it from the language there? That wasn't just a statement, oh, by the way, there's a lot. oh, no. You, I don't know if you understand the disciples' position with him. They were learning from him, but they were also his men. They were to cover him. They were to care for him. That was their job. Sometimes Peter actually brought a sword. And here they're going down the road, and this multitude is so strong, so thick, they're getting pressed on every side. And these old boys are trying to give him space, but it ain't working out too good. And then he stopped and said, who touched my clothes? And they lose it. <laughs> you got to be joking, man. Come on. I mean, there's people on every side. And then you say, who, who, who touched me? I, I, I looked at this thing and I thought, these guys thought Jesus was like two kids in the back seat. But, he touched me. He touched me. He touched me. He touched me. You know? And they're like, are there people thronging you on every side? And you say, who touched me? But, but he, he doesn't even pay attention to them. It says, and he looked around. He's already, they already said he's looking around. So this is, are you in the picture or are you just reading the text? So here he is. He's, he's who, who, touched, who touched my clothes? And they're like, oh, come on. Come on. Who are you touching? No, no, somebody. So, so, somebody. Somebody touched my clothes. He looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came down and fell before him. Now, listen to these words. And told him the whole truth. Another rendering says, and told him all the truth. That's a very important statement. You're going you're to go home with something over that before this night is through. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Well, now, now look at the last part of the sentence. And be, wow, oh, good night. And be healed. It says that, doesn't it? And be healed of your affliction. And they thinking wait just a minute. She's already healed. Am I right? When she touched him, the, the flow of blood stopped right there. And she felt in her body she was healed. And, and he knew it too. He knew it too. And he asked who it was. And she's not stepping up until he coaxes her out. And when she finally steps up, he speaks of faith and peace. And then he says, and, and be healed. But I'm thinking, my God, she's already healed. What do you mean, and be healed? Well, you need to understand her, or if you don't, you'll miss so much in life. So let's talk about it. Let me go ahead and be seated. So I'm just, walk, I'm just gonna walk through the text with you. Look at it again. And as I speak this, he'll be doing it. It's already happening. When we when went when halfway into that text, we moved from stream already to a, ho- a higher level of healing. It's all over this room. Please, you know what? Let me help you grab your miracle tonight. If you want a miracle, how many want a miracle? Does anyone really want a miracle? Here's the best way to get one. I don't think it's the only way, but it's the best way to get one. Pick one out. Pick one out right now. Don't, don't You say one, you gotta have one before you can get two. You try for 400, it's too scattered. Pick one out. T- fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Tonight is my night for... Now, did you fill in that blank? Do it. Someone you say, tonight is my night for arthritis to go. Tonight is my night for my eyes to see again. Tonight is my night for you know, migraines to leave. Tonight is my night for panic attacks to stop. Fill in the blank. Please don't think that's a great idea. Do it. Pick something out. Then here's what you do. Somewhere in this service, you want to look for a moment where God interacts with you and something supernatural takes place and it will happen. Don't just listen to the sermon and see what happens at the end. The word is alive, and he will pierce your heart. Somewhere in this message, that connecting point will come, and when it happens, you'll know it. You'll know it. Something will stir within your spirit. A peace of God will come to you. A burden will be lifted, or maybe you'll have a touch of God where you can feel it. This lady felt something. That's how she knew she got it. Something extraordinary, something noticeable will take place look for that to happen maybe just that your pain goes away if you have pain or that your eye sees I had a man in New England not long ago that got healed of cataracts right while I was preaching and I said and he told me he got healed and I said well how do you know you got healed I knew he didn't go to a doctor in the last 10 minutes how in the world do you know that you got healed of cataracts? he said because in the service and then they don't have lights like yours that could be adjusted they were just on and off and it was a very bright church it was one of those churches that had the white sides of the pews you know with the cushion on them it was real real bright in that room and and he said uh, the room was quite dark because of the cataracts and he said some about halfway into your message it was like someone took the, the like took lights and went from 50% to 100 just went whoop just like that and everything got real bright and I could see Chris all over the room well he got his miracle right there so some of you may feel it, some of you just may know in your heart some of you may see or feel something but whatever it is look for it. come on we got the Almighty God moving among us whenever Jesus comes something extraordinary really happens yeah. It does. So just look for that as that happens throughout this text. Did you pick something out? All right. It'll be your door to go into the, all the rest of the miracles of God. See, here we got the description. The woman got a hemorrhage for 12 years. She suffered many things from many physicians. So she's gone on late-night TV, you understand. She's bought every, every vitamin, and she's tried every little, every little uh, whatever that you can buy. And none of them has worked, okay? She spent all her money, and she's broke now. And she's worse than ever. The words that when she heard about Jesus grabbed my heart. Because I understood something, because I'm looking to see how these kind of things. How does how does someone with a long term problem get a miracle? How does someone that not I've not been sick today, not a week? She's been sick for 12 years, buddy. How do they get a miracle? How do they get a miracle with that when they tried everything and nothing's working? You're worse off than ever. How do you get a miracle? The word says she heard about jesus that tells me two things number one someone was talking about jesus and number two she heard it you know just because someone someone has said something does not mean people have heard it but somehow she heard it caught her she heard about jesus you know and the lady then when she hears about him uh comes to him. She she pushes through a crowd. Uh, uh, she hears about him, and and there's a great crowd of people on, on the way to someone else to get healed, but she intersects in that way, and, and we all understand that she had to push through that crowd to get her miracle. Do we understand that? All right, so you got the push-through aspect about her. All right, she's not going to just sit around and say, I hope it happens. She pushes through, but every, we all talk about the fact she pushed through the crowd, and that's a worthy statement and thought within itself, and it's clear in the scripture but can i suggest to you that there were some other things she pushed through the bible doesn't say it but when i say them you'll say yeah you're right about that let me tell you what else she pushed through she pushed through 12 years of disappointments she she pushed through 12 years of trying and doing everything you know to do and nothing works let me tell you that was more of a push through than pushing through that crowd by that point most people just give up they throw the towel and they say well I guess this is my lot in life I'm I don't know why but I guess I'm stuck with this may, they may even come to the position that I don't even know that God wants me to be well somehow this must be the will of God she pushed through all that kind of stuff I'll tell you what else she pushed through she pushed through she pushed through all of the, the all of the cultural and religious barriers to get to Jesus and I won't go deep down this I know you've got a great pastor who's a great student of the word and I'm sure he's already brought it out to you but let me tell you something in the physical condition she was in and her day and time she had no business being in a crowd she was what they would call unclean so she was supposed to stay roughly within 300 feet of people that did not have an illness like she had it and if they were much closer to her than that she was supposed to call out unclean But she moves right into a crowd. And now, to top it all off, if you can understand this, she was a woman. And she had no business in that Middle Eastern culture to be pushing through and grabbing a hold of a rabbi at the status of Jesus. That was way out of line, way out of line. But that's what she did. Let me tell you something, if you're gonna get to Jesus, sometimes you're gonna have to push through people, and sometimes you're gonna have to push through religion, and sometimes you're gonna have to push through your own culture. You really will. I'm watching how she got this miracle. And so she pushes through. She doesn't come front and center. She doesn't stop him. She just touches the border of his clothes. And when she does, something extraordinary happens. The Bible says that the fountain of her blood, the fountain of her blood, and you need to hear this, the fountain of her blood dried up. You know what just happened? He didn't just he didn't just heal the anemia. He didn't just heal the flow. He went right to the core of it. You see, our people sometimes that'll come to me and say they have neuropathy in their feet, and then and when they stood up, all their pain was gone. I could feel the bottom of my feet. I can walk. Whoa, I could walk normal. Well, why? my, the Lord has healed my feet. I said, Well, why do you think you had neuropathy? Oh, uh, I've had diabetes. Well, let me explain something to you. He doesn't just heal the symptoms, he goes to the core. If he took the neuropathy out of your feet let me tell you what he's doing he's healing you of the diabetes that caused it otherwise you'll end up with neuropathy a couple more years down the road from now are you hearing what i'm saying he doesn't just take someone said i had migraine headaches and it left right there when you read the text all my migraine left no no he didn't stop your headache he just cured you of migraines boy someone needs to be waving a hanky right about now it's true the nature of our god is he goes right to the very source of the problem And he deals with it right there the fountain of her blood dried up now I want you to watch us and then she felt something when it happened it's not the way it always happens but it's the way it was with her and it happens this way with a lot of people she felt in her body she was healed now what she felt I don't know because the Bible doesn't say and I won't speculate but whatever happened was feelable Let me tell you something. I know there are folks that think that, folks that say, oh, I feel God, that maybe their elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. You know, or they don't have all the fries in their Happy Meal. But that's not true. That's not true. When God interacts with people, it happens in many levels, and sometimes multiple levels at the same time. Sometimes it is a spiritual awareness or enlightenment. Sometimes it is a word of the Lord that comes to us. Sometimes it's a sense of peace and a burden that will be lifted. and It may be an emotional, wow, and you know right then God's come through for you. And then there are times that God literally interacts with people in such a way that it is recognizable to this very physical body. I have seen him do that many times in many ways to people, so that's why I don't know how to tell you what she felt. I was in Kansas some time ago, and a guy had a neck injury, and and it was so bad they were afraid that if he moved too much they could actually start pinching his spinal columns, uh, his spinal cord, so they fused in that. So that reduced the pain significantly and reduced the chance of him uh, paralyzing himself. But now he's stuck with a situation of someone who's in the right or left wants to talk to him. He can't, can't talk to him like this. He's got to turn like that because he can't move that neck. And, and he said, while well, I was preaching that day, uh, he was in the back row of about a 750-seat auditorium. While I was preaching, he said, I, I felt someone come and put their hand on my neck. And he was sure it was one of the ushers back there because everybody knows him and they know the neck injuries had and they you know it was a healing service and so he turned to see who it was and he told me he said then it was nobody there <laughs> well there was somebody there he just couldn't see him but just what he told me is i turned to see who was that and he said nobody was there and then i thought oh my god i just turned my neck and there it was his neck was completely healed and he said it felt like a hand on his neck uh, i was in sun tanzania the southern portion of the country and there were many people healed, but there were two that came side by side. One was a man, the other one was a woman. The woman told me that she was healed of malaria. And I always ask people, how do you know? Not because I'm doubting them. I want to know how God worked in them, how he interacted with them. I said, how do you know? She said, well, I came here with a full-blown malaria attack. My eyes were blurry, pounding headache, body ache all over, the fever. Very wiped out when it happens. It just completely just drains frames all your strength. And she says, but while I was out there, there came a cool breeze and blew on me. I'm thinking oh Lord God if there were any cool breezes I wanted them because it was hot to Tanzania. let me tell you I was suffering out there have to wear a suit too in Africa when you preach probably like that in India they don't want to hear any of this <laughs> kind of nonsense going on you know so you gotta act like you know like you're a judge or a lawyer out there they want you to look sharp and so I'm in there with a full suit on I'm baking you know and she said I had a cool breeze come across and she said when it did my eyesight cleared right up my pounding headache left just like that my body a left. all my strength was back every indication of malaria left me right now and I'm completely healed I thought Wow, praise God. I looked at the guy next to her and said, What happened to you? He said, I had rheumatoid arthritis. I said, How do you know you're healed? He said, Well, he said, I was standing out there. It was like someone poured warm oil on me. When it did, all my joints that had arthritis that were seized up got real hot. And then he says, All the pain left. I have complete flexibility, full range of movement. And I thought, No, wait, she got cold. He got hot. The other guy said he got a hand on him. What's this thing supposed to feel like? Well, I'm not really sure. But here's what I do know a lot of times when God touches people, can happen in a way that appears to be very physical to you in that moment something like that happens to you tonight just don't say well that's weird why don't you say oh Lord are you moving on me right now then respond to him uh, appropriately you know so there you go he got all heated up come on praise God you know Ben gave they started that heat up thing but the Holy Ghost and fire been heating up people for a long time it's really true something happened that she felt and let me explain something she's not the only one that felt it. he did too now, now, we're reading Mark's account of this, but I believe it's three out of the four gospel writers all record that miracle. might be all four, but I know for sure three out of the four record that miracle. And different, each one of them see it from a different angle and record some of the features that others do not. Uh, Mark says that Jesus knew within himself. The, one of the other gospel writers, I believe it's Matthew, he says that, that he felt, and the way he said it was this, when he said, someone touched my clothes, and they asked him, they asked there's people that touch you, you know, how could you say who touched me? So many. And he said, and I'm going to quote the King James again, once more to prove to this crowd, I am ordained with the AG. But he said this, I, and it says, I felt virtue go out of me. And the word virtue there in the Greek is the word deutimus, which is normally translated as power, like in Acts 1, 8, you shall receive Power, but the word there is dudamus, miraculous ability. He said, uh, it, the other count tells us how he knew in himself. The way he knew it is he felt it. He said, I felt power go out of me. Wow. Wow. That's here right now. That's here right now. Listen to me. We have moved definitely to river level. You that need a miracle, would you please grab it right now? That thing you're leaving God for, would you please take it right now, Lord, Take mine. It's here right now. We are at a whole nother place of where we were when we began on healing flow. Come on, grab it. You need to grab whoever's willing, grab it. You've got to push through and do it. Grab the miracle. It's here right now. I'm telling you, people are being healed right now. People are being healed right now in the room. There's pain that's going right now. There's changes that are happening right now in this room. They're happening right now. Oh God. He said, I felt power go out of me. And he's asking, who is it? Now, now, let me get to it. When he says, who touched me, she doesn't jump up and say, it was me, it was me, I got it. She pulls back into the crowd. She's afraid. She's had to push through all kind of moments to get this far. She's got another push through. And, what, and I'm going to tell you where that final push through is for her. Her push through is going to be she's going to have to push through the fact that she has to identify herself as one who got the miracle. Now, let me talk to you about this. This is incredibly important. Listen, let me tell you where I'm going on this. I am tired, and I'll bet you are too. If you've been around the block a few times in this kind of a church, you'll know what I'm about to say. I'm tired of people saying, God touched me on Sunday and the devil beat it out of me on Monday. Are you hearing this? Are you hearing this? I'm tired of people saying, I got healed, but then the devil stole my healing. I'm tired of hearing that. Are you? Are you? I'm tired of hearing that. Some people just think that's power for the course. There are some people that I know don't even bother to respond anymore when the power of God starts moving because they say, what's the point? It never lasts. I'm tired of hearing that. I can't tell you that I know all the reasons why that happens, but I know one of them. I know one of them. God walked me through that when he began to heal in the audience. I don't know why I didn't know it before that. But when he started healing in the audience, like he's doing right now, the Holy Spirit said, let me help you with this thing. Let me help you to show how to, how to and I'm going to use the language I got on this thing, how to lock in what God has done. Someone say, lock it in. You you need to know how to lay hold on what the Lord has done. You see, the book of the Revelation says this. They overcame him, the devil. They overcame him by what? The blood of a lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. I'm only going to talk about the first part. All right? Because otherwise we'll be here all night long. All right? But but this is what's going on right now. Jesus is going on the road. He's en route to this girl's home. You've got to remember now, don't lose focus. He's on route to a girl's home that's about to die. All right? Very important man in town, a nobleman in that city. He's on his way. When en route this lady grabs his clothes, boom, something happens. He feels the power of God. He stops and He says, who touched me? She's not coming up and saying it was me. And his disciple are getting frustrated and they're saying Lord you know there are people all around you come on now how can you say who touched me in other words part of what they're saying is ain't stay focused stay focused don't get distracted here remember what we're doing we're on our way to the guy's house little girl's gonna die if we hang around here too long doing the who touched me routine and while all that is going on and she's not stepping up one of the other gospel writers points out that people from that house come and say forget it you have blown it. it's too late it's old web she's already dead there's something happening right now that Jesus thinks is so important that he's not willing to leave see my mentor taught taught me this one of that that old voice of healing guy that I'll speak of I don't always call his name because most people wouldn't know him but but uh, uh, but one of those great tent healers and 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 he would tell you would drill this into me he would say deal whenever you study the Word of God never study God's word. just to know what he said You need to know that, but you need to know more than that. You need to know why he said it. You need to stay with that passage until he opens to you not just what he said, but why he said it. He said God has reasons for the things that he does and says he's not unreasonable. He has reasons for them, and if you never understand his heart, you will not understand his hand. You understand the wisdom of that you've got to know his heart so we just stay there till you get that So I can't help myself when I read scripture even to this very day He's been dead a long time. He'd be over 100 years old right now if he's still alive But to this very day when I read scripture I, I, I only have to have a little notebook next to me saying remember do do these, do these four things when you're reading the Bible I don't have to have that it's written on my heart when I read the scripture right, And I hear him say something or I see him do something. I find myself stopping and saying why did you do that? And I'm not being critical of him. I'm not saying I don't know that you should have done that. That's not it at all. I just want to get into his mind. I want to get into his heart. Would you talk to me about why you did those things, why you said those things? Help me understand who you are, not just what you did, who you are, what was going on in you when you did this thing? And i see him stopping on route we know he's got to get to that girl's home but he stops because he says someone touched me and they don't step up why did he not just simply say to his disciples i don't know why no one's stepping up but i know i felt the power of god and i know someone got healed someday you'll hear that someone got healed on route to that girl's home he didn't do that he stayed there until the girl died calling for who was it that touched me, why did he do that? Well, so finally she comes forward. But she doesn't just come forward. It's a push-through moment, and I know it's a push-through. I didn't see it in the reading, but I did it in the picture. Because this text says it. It says she came trembling before him. So I know now she's been hiding back, and her head's giving her a hundred reasons why she doesn't need to identify herself. But he appeals to her to finally, she steps out. And she pushes through that moment to own the miracle. And the text is interesting depending on the gospel writer or the version that you read. But it all pretty much says the same thing, that when she came before him, it doesn't say, and she told him about the problem. It says she told him all the truth. That's really key. It's really key when she said that. She told him all the truth. When she finishes, he speaks of peace. He speaks of faith. And then he makes that statement. And be healed of your disease. And I'm thinking, Jesus, she's already healed. But you see, the statement there is similar to the one later on that the apostle will write when he says, and in the English language it's rendered very simply, it's not completely wrong. It doesn't carry out the fullness of the meaning, though. It says, you know the passage, be not filled with wine, wear, and success, but, right? and the text in the English says, but be filled with the Spirit. But I'm sure every one of you already know, and I'm sure you've had many that have told you, and surely this pastor has, that the verbiage in the Greek actually is a continuing thought. It's, it, it should, it would be better rendered, be being filled with the Spirit, or in other words, be in a state of being full of the Holy Ghost. You get that? And when he said to her, and be freed or be healed of your affliction, it was a continuous statement. Are you listening to me? See, they overcame the devil. This is what the Word of God said. You want to overcome the devil? You're tired of this stuff when God touches you one day and the devil beats it out of you the next, so let me tell you, I don't know all every way in which that works, but I know a good solid one. And this is how it's done, and this is where a lot of us are missing it because we will experience the touch of God, but we put a zipper on it. We sit on that baby and we say, I'm going to give it a day. I'm going to give it a week. I'm going to give it a month. See if it's so. And then at the end of the week, if it's really that way, I'll say, look what the Lord has done. What we don't know we've just done is left a week open for the devil to beat that thing right out of us. The word of God says they overcame him first by the blood of the lamb. There's, there are several elements there. One is by the blood. Come on. Someone has said, well, all you need is the blood. Well, we need the blood, but evidently there's something else too because the blood was shed for the whole world. But the whole world isn't saved. Is that right? You know what it takes to get saved? You got to harmonize with what the blood has done, and you need to own what the blood has done. Are you listening? I'm not saying it in real religious terms. But are you hearing me? See, when a person gets saved, Jesus is no longer the Lord; he's my Lord. You get that? He's no longer the Savior of the world; he's my Savior. Am I right? that's the sense that happens to you even when I hear people talk about you know sometimes in public particularly when you're out in you know public I don't know about you but especially if I'm in like a business setting I never like it when people ask me what I do because I don't want to tell them I'm a preacher and it's not that I'm ashamed it's just they get weird I mean, you're having a normal conversation, and as soon as they find out you're a preacher, they go weird on you, am I right? It's like, freak- it's like what just happened to you? You know, like you got all weird on me, you know? And then and, and they try to go into this God stuff, you know, and they oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, you know, I don't, I'm not a real regular at church, but, but uh, you know, I, 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 sometimes I talk to the man upstairs. And, and whenever I hear someone say, I talk to the man upstairs, there's one thing I know for sure, they've never been upstairs. Because if they've ever been upstairs, he'll no longer be the man upstairs. He'll be the man right here. Am I right? Are you okay? Um, They overcame him by the blood, but there was something else. It was by the word of their testimony. Now, let's talk about the testimony. Testimony. Because what we've done in the evangelical church, it's not bad, but what we've done is we've made the testimony a thank you thing. Now, that's not bad, because that's a nice way to express it, but by doing that, we, we misunderstood the concept of the testimony in the spirit world. Because the testimony is more so in the spiritual realm, a setting in a court. The accuser of the brethren is making the accusation. But the sacrifice that covers has already been made. And the whole court is watching to see what you're going to say. Because until there is a testimony that harmonizes with the blood, The enemy has a space to triumph over you. But you will completely negate all of the word and the work and the design of the devil when you harmonize with the blood. Are you hearing me? So in the testimony, it's very similar to what it would be in a testimony in a court of law today. That if you witnessed a crime or you witnessed an incident, And you were called to the witness stand. I don't know if you understand this, but what you are is a witness. Are you hearing me? You're a witness. A witness is more than someone who just tells someone about Jesus. You know, people today, some of the circles I travel in, I travel in multiple circles, um, not just in our own fellowship. And some of the circles I travel in are very big on titles. Bless their hearts. Some of these guys have to have two business cards just to get to their name, because they got so many titles. They're the apostle first of the cross of the holy with the blood and whatever, and and they're a prophet too. And then there you go. And finally, their name, which is just Peter. But anyhow, (laughs) Uh, that was just wrong to say that like that. But. But titles are huge, you know. And uh, people ask me, so what are you? Are you an apostle? Are you a, what, what, what are you, you know? And so I'm, I'm not, and I don't want to make too light of this, uh, but I was raised in New York and I'm rude and I don't know it. I'm trying to help myself, but, but I do believe in the fivefold ministry. Not casually, I really believe in the fivefold ministry. And I know where I stand in that fivefold if you ask me what am I before I will identify with that I'll identify with something else that's more basic I am a witness that's why, i am. as a witness I'm not just a teller I've been there you see my witness of salvation is not let me tell you about how to get saved let me tell you I was there when he removed my sin I was there when the blood cleansed me I remember the moment when I saw the cross I was. That's how it came through to me. I didn't say a sinner's prayer. I remember what happened in my spirit in the opening up of the sacrifice. I was seven years of age when I had the vision of the cross and I saw what had taken place. And I knew that he had become my sin bearer. And I knew that I, my life was in him and I was hidden in him. Let me tell you what I am. You say, You're an evangelist. Yeah, I'm a witness a witness i could tell you the times he's healed my body i remember I was born with a kidney ailment that at nine years of age he instantly healed when someone laid their hands on me i felt the power of god go right down through me i went back and said to my parents i got healed tonight they said we'll see but i didn't have to wait and see i was a witness i remember when it happened i could take you to the very spot the very spot that it happened to me i'm a witness and so today if they called you into a court of law because you had witnessed something they say we have a witness that comes up and he comes to the stand. Would you please testify? Here's what you're not gonna do in a downtown court in this city. You're not gonna get up there and say, well, I just wanna thank the judge today and the bailiff and all of you in the jury for this moment. Good night, that's not what you're gonna do. You start like that, they're gonna think you're a crazy person. This isn't a thank you moment. This is a moment that they want to hear from you what you have witnessed. And that day, you're going to stand and say, I was there when it happened, and this is what I saw. This is the facts. This is what took place. That day when she finally came out of the crowd, she told him all the truth. And when you do that, the courts in heaven are hearing. And recording and the moment that happens the accuser of the brethren is cut off are you hearing me at that point you've just completely put him out of the picture but when you keep your witness shut up you leave all kinds of room that's why people have gotten touched at this altar and lost it in that foyer are you hearing me because they were not willing to push through and tell him all the truth. There comes a moment where the redeemed of the Lord must. So. That's it. they got to say so. Not think so, not believe so. they got to say so. And something supernatural happens when you own, when you declare, when you harmonize, when you confess what the blood has done. There's something supernatural that happens. That statement is heard in two worlds. It's heard in this natural world, but it's way beyond that. It is heard in that spiritual realm right there. It is, and it locks it in. Am I helping you tonight? Yes. And when she told him, not the story, not all the problems she had, not how many other people had done it, not how much she had suffered, but when she told him the truth, the moment I touched your clothes... There was a power that flowed into me. When I touched your clothes, the fountain of my blood dried up. See, he's, he's harmonizing with her because he's in witness with that right now. I felt the very same thing, dear. I know the moment you're talking about. I felt that power go out of me. She says, it went into me, and I'm healed. And he looks at her and he says, your faith has made you whole. and Go in peace, and here you go, and be healed. She's going to live now in a state of health. This is not going to come back. It's not going to get worse. It's not going to stay the same. It's not, it's not going to be that she feels better. You know, I'm, I'm better. This is not a better situation. She's completely whole, and it's sealed in her. When I understood that, God began to heal in the audience. Now, when he wasn't healing in the audience, when I laid hands on people, I'd work them right through their miracle. If I prayed with you and you had a blind eye, I wasn't going to leave you until you could show me that you had sight. If you had a deaf ear, if I had to pray for you three times, we're going to get that ear to open up. And we'd have a moment like that. That's what we'd do. If we had a short leg, I'd sit, I'd sit there and hold holding legs on. Let's see it grow. Let's see it grow. And we'd see that thing grow. Honestly, we'd see it grow. i have seen bowed legs straighten out just like that, right in front of my eyes. I've seen club feet change just like that, right in my hands. But when I began to heal in the audience, I didn't know how to handle that because I didn't know where we were even going. And that's when the Holy Ghost opened this to me. And he said to me daily, and I'll tell you what, we see more people heal during this time of a sermon. What we, you know we talk about how the prayer lines go longer than the sermon time? I used to pray for the sick till midnight in churches. And today, they're getting healed all the time I'm speaking. Or right at the very end, it'll come like a crescendo, and they'll get touched of God. And then the Holy Ghost said it to me this way. He said, Dale, and this was the phrase he used when he spoke to me. He said, Dale, if you'll seal it, the devil cannot steal it. Did you hear that? If you'll seal it, the devil cannot steal it. Wow. You need to own it. That's what you did when you got saved. Remember this morning I told you, if you know how to get saved, you know how to get everything God does? You know what you did when you got saved? You owned it. Am I right? You owned it. See, when someone comes to the altar, we'll, we'll use this in a classical sense because we don't even have altars anymore, but when someone comes to the altar prayer and calls upon the name of the Lord and they repent of their sin and they, you know, they open their heart to God, if, if they went back and someone said to them, so what, well, man, what in the world just happened? And if they answered you like this, and no one ever does that gets it, no one ever does that gets it, but if they answered you like this, Well, I'll tell you what happened. I just came up and I asked Jesus to save me. And I want you to know that I believe with all my heart and soul that by tomorrow morning I'll be saved. (laughs) No one ever says that that gets that. Am I right? right. In fact, if someone ever said that to you, if they say, I asked Jesus to come into my heart, I believe that by the end of the week I'll be completely saved. You'll know right there they didn't get it. They didn't get it. Because when they get it, there is a sense that I am his and he is mine. Are you listening to me because you've just stepped out of a timeline into the eternal in a timeline you think well i've been a sinner for 40 years like so maybe you take 40 years for the sin to go away that's that but when you get into the eternal everything is right now it is all right now that's why he's the i am not the i used to be and someday i will be he is the i am he is complete and holy entire right here right now and the moment you step out of this natural into his presence the eternal one you'll see your salvation is complete but it's the same for everything so it is for healing when you step into his presence you won't say someday that can be anyone that says i believe that someday god will heal me i know that guy is going to die of sickness he's going to die of sickness if you believe jesus will heal you you're going to die of disease You must come into the moment in the presence of God, which is a now moment. When that moment comes, you won't have to say, now, what am I supposed to believe? It'll pour forth in you. It'll come out like an artesian well. This is mine. This is mine. And the moment you own that baby, it's locked in. Praise God. Would you stand with me all over the house? It's real strong here right now. No? No? Let me tell you how to connect with your miracle because some of you already got it. One of the ways in which you connect with a miracle is you look for it. If you don't look for it, you'll never see it. So, I mean, Elijah, when he prayed for rain, remember what he did? He said, go look toward the sea. Remember that? Now, you've been to Israel a couple of times, right? You've been up on Mount Carmel? They call it Carmel there, don't they? Well, when you look at Mount Carmel... And it's not real big. I mean, it'd be a little bit of a walk up. It's not like a rocky mountain or something that's snow-capped. It's not like that. And the top of it isn't gigantic. It's not like miles across the top. It's not like that. You can walk around the whole top of it in a relatively short period of time. And you can look from here and see the valley and the mountain range all the way around about there. And there's the sea. And when Elijah got up from praying, He didn't say, well, let's look around and see if something's going on. No, no, he said, look, right over there. It's coming right there. Take a look. Look good in heart. Go seven times and look. You're going to see it come up right there. If you don't look for your miracle, you'll never see it. Pay attention to how many times in the scripture Jesus would say, behold. And then he'd say something. You got to see it first remember insight always precedes entrance you got to look for it if you don't look for it you'll never see it you'll be surprised the people god's moving in the room and people walk right by their miracle they 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 are not looking for it and even if a touch of god comes i wonder what that was or they just keep they move right out of the moment I see people do that even in times where God moves on them by His Spirit. They may even go right on their back under the power of God. And you know what those turkeys do? They pop right up and walk away. I'm thinking, whoa, 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 he just knocked you down, man. Maybe you should lay there for a minute and listen. He's probably got something to say. Well, we pop right up and walk away as if the knockdown was it. The knockdown was just to get your attention. Am I helping you out any? We walk right out of moments too often, too often. you got to look for your miracle. Someone needs to start looking right now. Move that neck if it was stiff before that knee. Look at, my God, you can straighten it out now. Move those hands, whatever it is. Or or if you couldn't see well with one eye, look. Cover up the good eye and look at me right now. If I look real thin to you, you're not healed yet. Keep looking. (laughs) You didn't get that, did you? And the other way in which you grab a miracle is you focus on him, Not on it. So here's what I want you to do. For the next few moments, I want you to worship with me. We're not going to sing. I want you to speak praise. I want you to speak praise. But I want generic praise. I do not want generic praise. I want you to praise him for who he is in respect to whatever that fill in the blank was. So if you are asking God for emotional healing tonight, I want you to thank him for being the Prince of Peace. If you are thanking God or asking God tonight for maybe you said I'm not sick but I'm I'm having a tough time financially then I want you to don't give him generic praise I want you to tell him who he is right in the midst of that problem tell him he's Jehovah Jireh El Shaddai and glorify him for being the one who's more than enough and the provider I mean I want you to get with him on that don't just say it I want you to actually lock in that way and for the many of you that need healing tonight because that's what we came for specifically and then here's what I want you to do I want you to let, don't tell them about your problem you've already done that I'm sure I want you to tell him who he is if, if you're looking for the problem that's all you'll see if you'll look for the answer you'll see him did you hear this these are not just cute words they're really important learn to focus on who he is because here's the things you know. You enter his gates with, and his courts with, that's how you get in. That's how you get in. Miracles happen in the presence of God. And you enter his courts with thanksgiving and, and his courts with praise. You understand this? That's how you get in. That's how you get in through the gate. That's how you get before his presence. And something happens when you praise him. You all know this. I'm going to give you theological truth, but you're going to know it by experience. this There's a scripture that says, God inhabits the. That's right, of his people, all right? Or if Israel actually says, but we are the Israel of God today. So, but look at this, he inhabits. The word inhabits there in the Hebrew means that he is enthroned. That means his kingdom rule comes where he's praised. Now, you knew that without the theology because you know that when people praise God, boy, you can feel the power of God come into the house. Am I right? You didn't need a, you didn't need a Hebrew lesson to know that. You knew that by experience. But the scripture actually teaches that. That where he's praised, his rule comes. Do you understand? When the kingdom comes, it breaks forth here. Everything of this world submits. That's why I'm telling you right now, I want you to break out for the next few moments and I want you to get into it. By getting into it, I don't mean you got to scream and go nuts. I mean, I want you to get lost. I I want the focus of your heart to go beyond just saying a few phrases. I want you to really see him as who he is in respect to what your need was will you do that as you do if you have not already received your miracle it will come to you right now because where we were to stream in the service early and we went to a river in the middle i felt it when it happened it's here right now in tsunami level please come on ride the wave with me lift your hands and glorify him bless him right now tell him who he is don't tell him about your problem tell him who he is tell him who he is until he fills your heart and he opens who he is unto you and his rule and power comes magnify him with me right now and it's okay to speak it right out loud speak it right out loud you don't have to scream it but speak it right out loud tell him who he is magnify him magnify him altogether. bless him now bless him and exalt him for you're great lord you're great you're the almighty god that's who you are you're the healer of our bodies. Will someone praise him with me? You're the wonderful one who's bore all of our sicknesses. That's what Isaiah said. And you've healed all our diseases. That's what you did. At Calvary's tree they were taken. They were nailed to the cross. The whipping post that was put upon you, but at the cross they were nailed and put to death. I want to worship you for that. I thank you. I thank you as the as the prophet of old said in the Psalms who, who forgives all our iniquities. Jesus you did just that you forgave all our iniquities and who heals all your diseases come on will someone bless him right now tell him who he is don't just listen to me do what I'm doing do what I'm doing I'm modeling it but actually doing it I will magnify your name for there's none like you nothing is impossible you're the one that gives sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf you make the le- the cripples leap and walk and you take the incurable cases and you make them whole you're the leper cleanser aids healer of this very day that's who you are there's no one like you or heaven or on earth and nothing can stand before you there is no disease that can resist you and there are no hard places where you are i worship you O god narrow i worship you O god come on someone's getting a miracle right now come on rejoice in him look for the touch of god the witness of the lord you either hear it in your heart you feel it in your body or just the peace the strength of god that lady got peace that's how she faith filled her and peace filled her that's how it took place and she was perpetually well i release it in this room right now in the mighty name of jesus